HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Hearst Ranch, in collaboration with Whole Foods Market, is proud to be the presenting sponsor of The Farm Report, a special HRN series in collaboration with the National Young Farmers Coalition. Tune in each week to hear from farmers, policymakers, organizers, and food advocates about all the ways the Farm Bill directly impacts our lives, whether we realize it or not. They'll break down farm policy and talk to young farmers about what hangs in the balance for them as another Farm Bill gets made. Join the coalition to shift power and change policy for the next generation of growers and land stewards. The future of good food depends on it. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Wisconsin, the state of cheese, makes half of the nation's specialty cheese and wins more awards than any other state or country. Our heritage and traditions, master cheesemaker program, and the American propensity for innovation all put Wisconsin on the cutting wedge of cheesemaking. With over 600 varieties of cheese to choose from and 5,500 national and international awards and counting, get ready to turn your refrigerator into a trophy case. Enjoying a Wisconsin cheese is basically like winning a gold medal in culinary achievement. Set your mind at cheese. When you bite into a wedge of Wisconsin wonderful, you know it is made with the ultimate skill and passion possible. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. And this is an ad for ancestral agave syrup, the critically acclaimed award-winning syrup that helps gringo bartenders better make margaritas, negronis, and Oaxacan old fashions. This is how you start your podcast. It's not an ad for ancestral agave syrup. Well, of course it is. I'm just cutting costs by not paying writers to make something new. I'm just using an old script. You pay writers? Is that some kind of jab? No, I'm just saying what, that... What What are you saying? Well, look, we've got this amazing syrup that's made in an ancestral manner, cooked down from the sap of the agave, harvested the way these families would to make pulque. It's a quality product. It deserves yeah, a yeah. quality presentation. Yeah, okay, okay, hang on. <clears throat> 
ancestral agave syrup is made by real families following traditional methods. Unlike the industrial Blue Weber syrup you get everywhere else, ancestral is cooked down from aguamiel harvested from salmiana in Hidalgo, Mexico. It is the grade A Vermont maple to the sticky diner syrup you've been using for your cocktails. Ingredients matter both in how your cocktail tastes and how you treat the earth. Ancestral is better for both. Is that good? Uh, sure. Or maybe confusing instead of cheesy. Uh, look, just visit ancestralagave.com to learn more and to order your world-class agave syrup today. And we'll call that a wrap. Catch you next ad, Greg. Uh, hasta pronto? Ancestral Agave Syrup. Available online at ancestralagave.org and wherever Greg and Lou are able to coerce store owners into carrying it. I'm Lou Bank. I'm Arturo Lamas from Lost Lore Tequila. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gringex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. So Arturo, Arturo, I've got you here today because this actually should be uh, another episode uh, that I recorded with Jay West about... Um, food journalism and how it should still be journalism and that it drives me crazy when they get facts so significantly wrong, right? So it was supposed to be that, but this was also supposed to run a couple of weeks ago, that Jay West one. I interrupted it then. I was going to do the exact same thing with this episode, but poor Roy has to turn this episode around quickly. I promise I'll get to this all in a second. You'll understand all this in just a second, Arturo. Poor Roy, our sound engineer, has to turn this episode around quickly. We are recording this on Friday, February 9th, and I want to run it on Thursday of next week, which means I need to have it finished in hand, and I don't want to force him to do a bunch of extra work, so just pretend it was a funny Jay West opening that we crashed again, okay? No. <laughs> okay, so, so I want to title this episode The Problem with the Inside Hook article about tequila sales in 2023. It's an article that I wrote for Inside Hook. Yep. Yep. Okay. Did you get a chance to read it? I did. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I've so been seeing it all over social media. I love hearing that. And so will my friends at Inside Hook. So, you know, in essence, the I wrote the article actually weeks ago right and you know it, the the it was inspired by this faulty reading of numbers initially um that were numbers that were released by discus the distilled spirits council of the u.s back in early 2023 that suggested to um that suggested if you misread it that suddenly tequila was outselling whiskey right so you get time magazine in may of 2023 writing Move over, martinis. Margaritas are taking over the bar. So are Ranch Waters, Palomas, and Reposado Old Fashions. According to the Distilled Spirits Council of the U.S., it's really not, according to them, agave-based liquors like tequila and mezcal were the fastest-growing spirits category of 2022. 
that's accurate, and are now poised to overtake vodka as the best-selling liquor in the United States this year, being 2023, after knocking whiskey into third place last year. Not accurate. It did not knock whiskey into third place. Everybody's misreading this. It's driving me nuts, right? Bloomberg misread it. They had a headline that read, Americans will spend more on mezcal and tequila this year than whiskey. Not accurate. These are food journalists. It should still be journalism. So that was driving me crazy in early 2023, right, Arturo? Yes, for sure. Okay, okay, sure. Whatever you say, Lou. So <laughs> then the CRT, right, the Consejo, you're going to say this better than I am, Consejo Regulador del Tequila. Did I do that well? You did well, man. Oh, man, I'll take that. Thank you. Okay, so they released last month uh, in January of 2024, they released their numbers for 2023. And their numbers for 2023 showed drops in both tequila production and tequila exports, right? So this was the first time that you've seen a drop since 2015. The production went from 651 million liters in 2022 down to 599 million liters in 2023. And then exports dropped from 41.7 million liters to 399 million liters. That's 8% drop and a 4.3% drop respectively, right? So you had in 2020, in the year 2023, everybody looking at 2022 numbers and saying, oh my God, tequila is outselling whiskey and it's going to take down vodka. Not accurate. And then in early 2024, they're looking at 2023 numbers from the CRT, and they're saying, oh, my God, tequila is collapsing. There was a piece in Vine Pair, Arturo, that had a quote that said, Te the tequila bubble might be bursting. So, and I promise, I'll actually ask you a question in a second. So I read that and I'm start, I start writing this piece that's looking at the CRT numbers and recognizing that these aren't based on actual sales, right? You've got production. And so when they're looking at production, they're not saying they produce this much Blanco, this much Añejo, this much Reposado. It's all just Blanco because it's counting production and they're putting it into barrels for later use as, as Reposado and Añejos, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking at that number and then I'm looking at exports and thinking, well, hang on a second. That's export to whom? To a warehouse? Because that's not actually going to consumers. So I speculate in this article that Inside Hook sat on, um, I, I speculated that, in fact, the numbers were just wrong. This was just a blip in timing issues, that, in fact, there had been an increase in sales, but that we wouldn't see that until the discus numbers came out. So I wrote that, and then they sat on it until the day the discus numbers came out. So I changed it the very day, but discus showed that, in fact, sales did go up. Right. So 2023 sales in the USA. That's all that Discus charts. And to be very specific, Discus only charts the wholesale sales. So when a wholesaler distributor moves product to a, a, uh, a liquor store, to a restaurant, to a bar, that's the sale that they're charting, not to consumers, right? So even like we don't even have a very clear picture, but what we know from those discus numbers is that in fact there was an increase in sales. And it was it was a smaller increase than the previous year and a smaller increase than most years. So the 
the total volume went up by 5.67%. Uh, and then the total... Um, uh, the total revenues went up by 7.85%. So, you know, it's it's not what it was just a few years ago when they actually broke 30% growth. And and so I, I sit down and I ask myself, after I wrote this article saying, ah, they're just wrong, there's not a collapse. I sit there and I ask myself, what does this all mean? And this gets me thinking uh this actually it gets me think about two things, Arturo. One thing is I got hit by a car this last weekend. Yeah, I, sorry to hear that. Dude. Yeah, it, hey, it's okay. It happens here, to people. Though. I'm sorry? So you're here. I, I I am. Well, actually, I'm not there. You're in Phoenix. <laughs> I'm in Chicago. But, yes, I am still on this earth with you. So, um, you know, it was like I got clipped when I was crossing the street in the morning, and the driver just kept going. Right. I got hit like literally the, um, the the side view mirror slammed into my face and it slapped shut. And then sort of what I like to call the muffin top of the tire. Right. The, like yeah. the bulgy part ran yeah. over my left foot. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I, I stood in the I stood in the intersection uh, swearing at the vehicle as it drove away. And that is that's a hit and run. Right. Yeah. yeah so okay. that was that in uh, Chicago or in, in Mexico. No, no, that was here in Chicago. That was uh, okay. the, the yeah. intersection no. of Cal. Oh, I shouldn't even say the intersection because then somebody who does want to run me over will know how to do it. <laughs> so, so why does it make me think of a hit and run? Why does it make me think of my hit and run? Well, you know, it makes me think of it because you hear a lot of people talking about how dangerous Chicago is, how violent Chicago is, right? And, um, and. I'm not sure that it actually is as violent or is as dangerous, or maybe it's even more violent and more dangerous. And I'm not sure that that even matters, because I think what really matters is what happened to me, right? Mm -hmm. it, let's yeah. let's say that, that hit and runs, and I tried to find this data and I couldn't find it easily this morning, but let's say that hit and runs actually went down year on year. Does that matter to me since I just got a, a side view mirror in my face? Probably and not. Probably not. Right. And, you know, when we talk about the economy, right, when we talk about the economy and what that means, well, does that really mean as much to you personally as your own personal economy? It might be an indication of where you are, but it's such it's such a 30,000 foot view. And we tend to look at our lives from the ground level so that you, you get things like the economy at this 30,000 foot view that doesn't make any real sense to your personal life. And that's, that's what I'm thinking about now when I'm looking at these numbers and why I wanted to talk specifically with you about these numbers from the CRT and Discus, because you, Arturo, started a tequila brand. Was it in 2023 or 2022? So we started three years ago now. So we actually- Three years ago? Three years ago is when we started the project and we actually launched last summer. Okay. Okay, good. You, you were freaking me out. I thought, wait, you and I were sitting there talking about beer and you had a tequila on the market. Okay. So um, uh, you launched in summer of 2023, right? When according to Discus, sales were up and according to the CRT, exports were down. What does this data mean to you and mean to your business? What did your business launch look like? So what I could tell you is when we launched Tequila was super hot. 
and it still continues to be super hot. We launched in two states, California and Illinois. And since then, we've had multiple distributors reach out to us. And we're going to be launching in eight additional states here very, very soon. Can, can I the ask reason, you? The reason why we're launching in additional states is because the voice between all the distributor partners has been consistent. Agave was a winner for them in 2023. And they want to continue moving with Agave Spirits and growing their portfolio in Agave Spirits. Huh. So your tequila bubble is not bursting. It is not, Lou. Nope. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So that's really important, right? When you start thinking about what it means to you, and then, and then I back, back further from that, and I start looking at, okay, who's buying this tequila from you? Not, not at the consumer level, but when you look at who your direct, well, your direct customer is going to be those wholesalers, right? It is. Okay, and they're all coming to you and saying, yeah, we can sell a lot of tequila specifically. We do. We have a, a, a lot of wholesalers that are very, very bullish on, on tequila in general, uh, specifically ours, you know, and added a free tequila. Okay, and then you're going into marketplaces to help them sell the tequila, correct? Now we are. So that's going to be our plan coming up here within the next six months to support the market uh, wherever we're going. But but you have like when you launched in the summer because I I used to see uh, posts on Facebook that you were like with the Great Lakes uh, Tequila yeah. Club yeah yeah for sure yeah I mean any market that we're in we want to support so you know we just hired a, a, a national uh, brand manager so he's going to be going market to market and supporting these accounts and supporting uh, our distributor. Are you hearing from any accounts that you visit any accounts that you visit? Oh no, I've got enough tequila. Um, whether it's whether it's yours or anyone else's, you know, there, there's some. I mean, I would say that it, it's for sure getting a little bit crowded, but you know, there's still a lot of people buying tequila. Okay, so you're saying it's crowded. Nobody's saying uh, no, we can't sell tequila anymore. They're saying I just think there there there's so many brands out there. You know, a lot of accounts are running out of shelf space, so they have to be very very selective in what they're bringing in. But that doesn't mean that tequila is not selling. It's it's selling just fine. Right. And and so I would also guess, given that you are additive free, that you're also seeing the consumer level, at least, and maybe the bartenders and maybe the, the liquor store owners, you tell me, I'm guessing that you're seeing some response to that as a way to segment the market out so that they can have, they can say something about how they're choosing the bottles they select. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, for us, you know, we're, we're confirmed at free through tequila matchmaker and, you know, there's right around, you know, probably just over a hundred brands, uh, in the world that are confirmed at free through tequila matchmaker, but there's over 3000 brands in the market. So it's a very, very small percentage. Okay. So as I am looking at this overall theory of, of food journalism, what it means, how to be accurate, why it's important that you're accurate. Looking at your specific story, you're not seeing any decline, quite the opposite. You couldn't possibly see a decline since you launched in the middle of 2023, yeah. right? So that gets me thinking about what is even the purpose 
and this is really my my point with the uh, with the title of this uh, of this episode, the problem with the inside hook article about tequila sales in 2023 is what is even the point to articles like this? You know, I was I was speaking with a uh, a beverage director of uh, one of the most popular mescalerias in Chicago, and uh, and this person was being interviewed later that day by um, a trade magazine about tequila trends and mezcal trends, trends in agave spirits. And so they wanted to check in with me and say, so what should I be telling them? And, you know, I thought, oh, well, if I'm getting this phone call from this person, there's somebody else calling that other person. And there's somebody else calling yet another person, right? And so what are they really, what's this trade magazine really getting in terms of information? So my suggestion was, look, don't ask me what's happening and, and don't even ask yourself what's happening. Look at your numbers. Look mm -hmm. at your numbers, which I think is the most important thing that a bar, restaurant, liquor store can do is don't if, if you start changing your selections based on theories, based on articles written about places that are thousands of miles away from you that are aggregates of everybody else's information that is not relevant to the people walking through your doors that want to give you their money. If you base it on that, you're going to be mis misdirecting your customers. You're going to be, in essence, creating a false market, right? I agree 100%. So, and you also, I mean, to, you know, you, you said you're from Lost Lord Tequila. Absolutely true. But you also have a brewery. I do. Right? In Tinley Park, Sound Growler. I do. I do. I, um, you know, I, I, numbers are interesting, right? They're, they're black and white. Um, the way I've been kind of communicating this with, with my wife, who's the really boss, the real boss is, uh, this trend is your friend until then. So this is a trend right now. Um, we don't know exactly what's going to happen here in the future, but what I can tell you on the beer side is, you know, we're seeing the opposite, you know, beer is dropping and we are seeing it in our numbers in the tap room and with distribution. Uh, so it's quite the opposite. Um, we're still navigating it. You know, we're making our adjustments. Um, but with tequila, until I see those numbers drop, then we're going to ride this wave. Oh, that's really interesting. You did you intentionally do that sort of balance um, your your investments, if you will, right? The investment of your money, your investment of your time um, between those two, because you saw the changes. No, I, I I didn't. You know the the tequila thing, you know, was a project that we started three years ago, and I think at that time, um, you know, beer was showing some shakiness, but you know, it's not where it's at today. Um, so the reason I went into the lost lore was just because it was something that I wanted to do. You know, I have a, a, a distilling background with my family. My great grandfather started distilling, uh, agave spirits in the 1920s and Zacatecas, Mexico. Uh, so, uh, it was a tradition that was passed down to my grandfather and my father, and my father came to the U S for opportunity. So I would always hear him talk about distilling with his dad, my grandfather and his brothers. And, you know, I knew it was something I wanted to get into at some point. So I decided three years ago that that point was, was then. Beautiful. 
and 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 I guess you know just to to wrap up this whole concept of uh, of instead of looking to articles and outside data um, to uh, to guide you in your business directions to instead look inward and look at what's actually happening in your in your business life or in your life you know the thing that you said to me that really stuck so long ago was that your family is still making what they call mescal, right? But isn't certified or is certified in Zacatecas? So it is. It's certified now. Um, so they have been making mescal for for some time, and there's multiple brands. Um, they're in uh, Huitzila, Huitzila, Zacatecas, Mexico. So they're uh, making multiple brands, and yeah, they're they're pumping out a lot of quality juice. So, so when do we get to see that in the USA? That's literally yeah, that's a good your, question, Lou. Yeah, that's, that's literally <laughs> your family's heritage, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 I I just oh God, I just released an episode last week, or I don't even remember where when it was, but an episode um about about brands of mezcal owned by the people who make them, right? And there's so few of them here in the USA so few of them that get exported and here you've got the very true story where it's literally your family it's literally their brand i want you to bring that in and you know i'm not going to give you any money to do that so like i get that, that, <laughs> that here again it's mind space it's finances and all of that but i think that there's a beautiful story in that that also again transcends this trends number and speaks to exactly who you are and what's happening in your life. There's a reason you didn't, you didn't start with mezcal. There's a reason that you started with beer and then you went to tequila, right? Yeah. I, I think uh, when it comes to the tequila, a lot of my family did move to Guadalajara. So, you know, I was, I guess, more kind of immersed in tequila, you know, every time I would go to Guadalajara to visit family so that's kind of part of the reason why why I went into it. Um, I think that there's definitely a possibility that I get into mezcal, and you will be the first person to know when I do make that leap. Cool. And even if you don't get into it at a business level, you'll keep bringing me bottles that your your relatives make, right? I will. Yeah. yeah. Cousins. Okay. Well, that's yeah, all I care about. We need to get some more masparilla to you. <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay. Unless you've got something else to add, Arturo, I think. We can call that a wrap. Yeah, no, I I, I think that, um, you know, this is interesting what's going on. I, there's a, a, a book that I love called Freakonomics, and it's all yes. about and how these numbers are black and white, but you can use these numbers to uh, kind of make justification for whatever you want. So um, I think that that's what we're seeing with these reports. You know, you could see both sides and uh, what's real is still to be determined. But what I'm seeing is uh, what's real is tequila's still moving. It's still alive and it's still hot. Beautiful. Okay. Well then we will close out on that one. Thank you so much, Artura. I will catch you next episode. Awesome. Luda. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Hasta pronto. You too, brother. You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. 
Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of education educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you hear on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly. Eat responsibly, too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio network responsibly wear protective earbuds while wearing protective earbuds do not drive do not walk either sit in a comfortable chair if that comfortable chair has a hard seat please remember to stretch every 30 minutes if you stretch every 30 minutes please stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching if you don't have a doctor maybe dr ryan acock the cocktail md can help you out thanks for listening agave road trip out